Book Six, Chapter Three of Amelia, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Amelia, Volume Two by Henry Fielding. Book Six, Chapter Three in which the history looks a little backwards before we proceed farther in our history we shall recount a short scene to our reader which passed between amelia and mrs ellison whilst booth was on his visit to colonel bath we have already observed that amelia conceived an extraordinary affection for mrs bennet which had still increased every time she saw her she thought she discovered something wonderfully good and gentle in her countenance and disposition and was very desirous of knowing her whole history she had a very short interview with that lady this morning in mrs ellison's apartment as soon therefore as mrs bennet was gone amelia acquainted mrs ellison with the good opinion she had conceived of her friend and likewise with her curiosity to know her story for there must be something uncommonly good said she in one who can so truly mourn for a husband above three years after his death oh cried mrs ellison to be sure the world must allow her to have been one of the best of wives and indeed upon the whole she is a good sort of woman and what i like her the best for is a strong resemblance that she bears to yourself in the form of her person and still more in her voice but for my own part i know nothing remarkable in her fortune unless what i have told you that she was the daughter of a clergyman had little or no fortune and married a poor parson for love who left her in the utmost distress if you please i will show you a letter which she writ to me at that time though i insist upon your promise never to mention it to her indeed you will be the first person i ever showed it to she then opened her scrutore and taking out the letter delivered it to amelia saying there madam is i believe as fine a picture of distress as can well be drawn dear madam as i have no other friend on earth but yourself i hope you will pardon my writing to you at this season though i do not know that you can relieve my distresses or if you can have i any pretence to expect that you should my poor dear oh heavens my lies dead in the house and after i had procured sufficient to bury him a set of ruffians had entered my house seized all i have have seized his dear dear corpse and threatened to deny it burial for heaven's sake send me at least some advice little tommy stands now by me crying for bread which i have not to give him I can say no more than that I am your most distressed humble servant M. Bennet Amelia read the letter over twice and then returning it with tears in her eyes Asked how the poor creature could possibly get through such distress You may depend upon it madam said mrs. Ellison the moment I read this account I posted away immediately to the lady as to the seizing the body that I found was a mere bugbear but all the rest was literally true i sent immediately for the same gentleman that i recommended to mr booth 
left the care of burying the corpse to him and brought my friend and her little boy immediately away to my own house where she remained some months in the most miserable condition i then prevailed with her to retire into the country and procured her a lodging with a friend at st edmundsbury the air and gaiety of which place by degrees recovered her and she returned in about a twelvemonth to town as well i think as she is at present i am almost afraid to ask cries amelia and yet i long methinks to know what is become of the poor little boy he hath been dead said mrs ellison a little more than half a year and the mother lamented him at first almost as much as she did her husband but i found it indeed rather an easier matter to comfort her though i sat up with her near a fortnight upon the latter occasion you are a good creature said amelia and i love you dearly alas madam cried she what could i have done if it had not been for the goodness of that best of men my noble cousin his lordship no sooner heard of the widow's distress from me than he immediately settled one hundred and fifty pounds a year upon her during her life well how noble how generous was that said amelia i declare i begin to love your cousin mrs ellison and i declare if you do answered she there is no love lost i verily believe if you had heard what i heard him say yesterday behind your back why what did he say mrs ellison cries amelia he said answered the other that you was the finest woman his eyes ever beheld ah it is in vain to wish and yet i cannot help wishing too oh mrs booth if you had been a single woman i firmly believe i could have made you the happiest in the world and i sincerely think i never saw a woman who deserved it more i am obliged to you madam cries amelia for your good opinion but i really look on myself already as the happiest woman in the world our circumstances it is true might have been a little more fortunate but oh my dear mrs ellison what fortune can be put in the balance with such a husband as mine i am afraid dear madam answered mrs ellison you would not hold the scale fairly i acknowledge indeed mr booth a very pretty gentleman heaven forbid i should endeavour to lessen him in your opinion yet if i was to be brought to confession i could not help saying i see where the superiority lies and that the men have more reason to envy mr booth than the women have to envy his lady nay i will not bear this replied amelia you will forfeit all my love if you have the least disrespectful opinion of my husband you do not know him mrs ellison he is the best the kindest the worthiest of all his sex i have observed indeed once or twice before that you have taken some dislike to him i cannot conceive for what reason if he hath done or said anything to disoblige you i am sure i can justly acquit him of design his extreme vivacity makes him sometimes a little too heedless but i am convinced a more innocent heart or one more void of offence was never in a human bosom nay if you grow serious cries mrs ellison i have done how is it possible you should suspect i have taken any dislike to a man to whom i have always shown so perfect a regard but to say i think him or almost any other man in the world 
worthy of yourself is not within my power with truth and since you force the confession from me i declare i think such beauty such sense and such goodness united might aspire without vanity to the arms of any monarch in europe alas my dear mrs ellison answered amelia do you think happiness and a crown so closely united how many miserable women have lain in the arms of kings indeed mrs ellison if i had all the merit you compliment me with i should think it all fully rewarded with such a man as i thank heaven hath fallen to my lot nor would i upon my soul exchange that lot with any queen in the universe well there are enough of our sex said mrs ellison to keep you in countenance but i shall never forget the beginning of a song of mr congreve's that my husband was so fond of that he was always singing it love's but a frailty of the mind when tis not with ambition joined love without interest makes but an unsavoury dish in my opinion and pray how long hath this been your opinion said amelia smiling ever since i was born answered mrs ellison at least ever since i can remember and have you never said amelia deviated from this generous way of thinking never once answered the other in the whole course of my life oh mrs ellison mrs ellison cries amelia why do we ever blame those who are disingenuous in confessing their faults when we are so often ashamed to own ourselves in the right some women now in my situation will be angry that you have not made confidence of them but i never desire to know more of the secrets of others than they are pleased to entrust me with you must believe however that i should not have given you these hints of my knowing all if i had disapproved your choice on the contrary i assure you i highly approve it the gentility he wants it will be easily in your power to procure for him and as for his good qualities i will myself be bound for them and i make not the least doubt as you have owned to me yourself that you have placed your affections on him you will be one of the happiest women in the world upon my honour cries mrs ellison very gravely i do not understand one word of what you mean upon my honour you astonish me said amelia but i have done nay then said the other i insist upon knowing what you mean why what can i mean answered amelia but your marriage with sergeant atkinson with sergeant atkinson cries mrs ellison eagerly my marriage with a sergeant well with mr atkinson then captain atkinson if you please for so i hope to see him and have you really no better opinion of me said mrs ellison than to imagine me capable of such condescension what have i done dear mrs booth to deserve so low a place in your esteem i find indeed as solomon says women ought to watch the door of their lips how little did i imagine that a little harmless freedom in discourse could persuade any one that i could entertain a serious intention of disgracing my family for of a very good family am i come i assure you madam though i now let lodgings few of my lodgers i believe ever came of a better if i have offended you madam said amelia i am very sorry and ask your pardon but besides what i heard from yourself mr booth told me oh yes answered mrs ellison mr booth i know is a very good friend of mine indeed 
I know you better than to think it could be your own suspicion. I am very much obliged to Mr. Booth, truly. Nay, cries Amelia, the sergeant himself is in fault, for Mr. Booth, I am positive, only repeated what he had from him. Impudent coxcomb, cries Mrs. Allison. I shall know how to keep such fellows at a proper distance in the future. I will tell you, dear madam, all that happened. When I rose in the morning, I found the fellow waiting in the entry, and, as you had expressed some regard for him as your foster-brother, nay, he is a very genteel fellow, that I must own. I scolded my maid for not showing him into my little back room, and I then asked him to walk into the parlour. Could you have imagined that he would construed such little civility into an encouragement? Nay, I will have justice done to my poor brother too, said Amelia. I myself have seen you give him much greater encouragement than that. Well, perhaps I have, said Mrs. Ellison. I have been always too unguarded in my speech, and can't answer for all I have said. She then began to change her note, and with an affected laugh turned all into ridicule, and soon afterwards the two ladies separated, both in apparent good humour and amelia went about those domestic offices in which mr booth found her engaged at the end of the preceding chapter end of book six chapter three